And that, I don't remember what comes next, but there was like, uh, oh no, I do. It was like, you had to like go forward and then like back on the seat. And then, I don't know what comes next, but, oh fuck. But there, there was like this part where it was like, you're doing this like boxing thing, like shuffling back and f that was when the teacher walked in. Cause like, Cause you know it's it's aerobic. That was the point. It was like getting these kids to do stuff. So we're all like sweating, and the, the teachers, what the fuck is going on? This isn't gym class, and it's so different from Mr. Wadeen, who would just let us throw balls at each other, and then said he was moving to China. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> I don't have anything else. That's not a bit yet. Thank you. Connor Doherty, I tried to bring up Eye of the Tiger. Oh, that was that was a lot of fun, Connor Doherty. Yes, dancing. Uh, we'll teach a dance class here at some point. No, we won't. But uh, we'll, we'll still dance all. together uh, in the dark. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Yeah.
want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country, test, test. western, electronica, right. soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passion and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery yeah. systems, J.D. Buell carries on that. the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. All right, here comes the theme song. Welcome to uh, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh, I see what happened. Hang on a second. Uh, with Mike Spiegelman. We have a great theme song. You guys want to hear it? Uh, hang on a sec. Let me, do that. let me do that again. All right. All right, let me try this way. Oh, yeah, they're totally not rocking. Huh. All right. Well, welcome. Let me try this here. Uh, screw it. We don't need a theme song. My name is Mike Spiegel, and welcome to Let's Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube, a uh, weekly movie show. And I'm very excited to have with uh, your special, my special co-host today, my brother, Adam Spiegelman. Hi, Adam. Hey, girl. <laughs> uh, Adam Spiegelman is the. Uh, he's been running a great podcast called Proudly Resents, and it is the cult movie podcast. It's been going on for 16 years. 16 going on 17, my friend. Wow, going more like going on 30, you know. Okay, you know what I'm saying? No, I've been doing it actually forever. Yeah, like six years. Um, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. But one day I'll, I'll hit my stride. <laughs> it'll, figure, it'll figure itself out. Uh, but you've had some great uh, people should check out proudlyresents.com and uh, you can see highlights of interviews Adam's done as well as discussions of several movies uh, and why don't we start our movie right now Adam uh, let's start this podcast in earnest uh, if you guys here's how it works go to YouTube desktop laptop tablet phone Type in today's movie and watch it with us. Uh, so what's today's the, movie. Today's movie, man. Slap. Let me find it. Slapstick of a different kind. It might be another kind, but slapstick of a different kind.
kind. I'm going to oh, go another ahead. kind. Another kind. It's it's under two different names. So I'm sick of another kind. Part one, or is it full movie? We want full movie. You're t uh, go ahead and Can talk. Can who, who posted it? I don't know yet. Mallory guy I'm, I'm, one. Here, go ahead and talk. I'm going to go type it in to YouTube myself. All right, that's fantastic. So we're looking to find out. Slapstick of another kind, Jerry Lewis movie. Who posted it? So you have the same person, and we'll do like a clap thing. There is a 120 version, minute version. So I assume that's the one we want to use. I'll click it. Oh yeah. So it says uh, Mick Mallory Guy Who? One. Which one we're looking yeah, at? Yeah. So M O W E R Guy One. All right. That sounds good. So I have a head. Let me see. Click it. Uh, there's no ads on this. I have buffering right now. I'll pause it once it starts, and then we can start at the same time. It's that still fantastic. Hey, can I just plug my show? I did a, an interview with uh, this guy, Alan Sachs, who directed this movie I watched as a kid called Dubidio. It's like a pu L.A. punk rock movie, and he had all these great punk rockers in it playing small parts, and Ray Sharkey starred in it. So not only the story of that movie is awesome, but he co-created Welcome Back, Carter. Um, he discovered the band uh, Unlocking the Truth and that documentary about them. He's the crazy guy in the movie, or the one they portray to be the crazy guy. So he kind of gives an update on what's going on there. That's the most fascinating that. aspect out of that interview is that he is cast right now as the bad guy of these young kids' dreams. And uh, you got to talk to him about this project he did during the 80s, as well as he, he runs the gamut of different cultural uh, aspects. As he points out, as he's proud to point out, that uh, he was there for from rock and roll all the way up to uh, these kid, these young kids and their rock and their hip hop or whatever, their rock and roll. Yeah. But um, and then so um, uh, it's premature, but I might be doing this. We will do a screening in L.A. of his movie. So uh, follow me on Twitter at proudly resents. So as soon as uh, that happens, that sounds great. That's a great a whole movie. I'll tweet the hell out of it. So. Yeah, it's a terrific movie, and that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so if you're in Los Angeles, go ahead, uh, follow him anyway at Proudly Resents, and he'll get you an update. So by this point, we are ready to start the movie. You ready? I got to pause the so, zero uh, one. What did you do? A one two three click. Yeah, one two three, oh. click. All right, cool. My speakers work. Modern entertainment, which is ironic, because I'm sure this movie is like a hundred years old, corny or whatever. And there's a question mark after entertainment, which I appreciate. Uh, Legally, they had to put that in there. So that looks like a Legally. UFO. Is there narration going on? I can't hear it. Oh, there's closed captioning on this one. I hope it works. Sometime. Oh, it's a man and a woman. They're arguing. I've never heard a narrator argue with the other narrator. Well, you, you didn't see the movie Tomorrowland, where uh, they they can't start the movie without arguing. Like everyone else, I have not seen the movie Tomorrowland. Oh, I thought you were a bad movie buff. <laughs> <laughs> There's some movies you I just won't see. Yeah, you have to bring your child into that movie to justify watching it. Oh, your poor child. So, uh, this is great. We get to introduce the characters by looking into deep space. Well, this is right out of um, It's a Wonderful Life when they talk to Clarence the Angel. It saves special effects, too. A couple of blinking lights, and uh, when God would talk, a light would blink. And then when. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the excuse <laughs> there was that it was a black and white movie, and, you know, the only thing they did was do that thing with the moon when the spaceship hits its eye. So I think they're a little bit more advanced by this movie came out. That's the thing about these movies is that you would figure if this takes place in 1982, it would be like a modern movie. 
and not look like something shot in 1960 or 70s in this case. There he is. Well, so uh, there's Jerry. There's the man in a waiting room. He's obviously waiting. How do you know you're impatient? Well, you're your hair. <laughs> yeah. He's telling the director, "I got this. I got this. I'll act impatient in the waiting room." Oh, there he is on TV as well. So, uh, oh, this is backstory. So it's like a Rona Barrett, like an old gossip columnist. This guy is freaking old. This is a fat version of Jerry Lewis. That's so weird. Huh? No, that's an old, that's an old uh, vaudevillian character actor. That guy. He's like a contemporary of Charlie. Of oh, Jerry, I mean. Wow, he's playing a famous person like he did in that movie. Um, come on, the Slapstick. famous Oh well, uh, uh, King of Comedy. He did King of Comedy, and then he did another movie in the 90s called Slapstick, which is a really decent movie about an Australian uh, performer who's not as good as his father, Jerry. And Jerry comes in and gives him a very scathering... You, called, that was an amazing movie. Oh, wait, I don't think it's called Slapstick. I'm pretty sure it's called Slapstick. I'm, I'm IMDb in it. But that was a great film, yeah, that's a really good movie. And he was good in that. So anyway, we're, missing, we're missing exposition, Mike. We'll never know what's going on. Well, it's a good thing because I don't know what's going on other than the lamp is the most exciting shot in this, this scene. We need more lamps. Oh, see, Give me that lamp. All right. The janitor is taking photographs. Oh, it's a 80s joke. Just in a movie called uh, the, the Trust, To Luck Do Us Part Part 2. <laughs> Curious George is a monkey. Yeah. Uh, hold he on. Played the monkey. Funny Bones, it was called. Funny Bones, not Slapstick. Sorry, you're absolutely right. I, but I, yeah, I definitely was 1995. I saw that in the theater. There's Oliver a, Platt. Is yeah. The, but he's not the, the... Lee Evans is the guy who's kind of the, the great breakout star of that. Oh, Lee Evans is great in that movie. Yeah. So Jerry, Jerry did a bunch of movies, like, acting, that are just horrible. I mean, we have this movie, which is so far I'm completely lost. And he did another movie with Johnny Depp called Arizona Dreams, which the full-length movie is available on YouTube. I can't do it to anybody. It's it's such a bad movie. Was this guy jerking off? He's uh, he stuck his dick in a glory hole, and he's regretting That's it. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And look at the doctor's nodded, yes, trucks up. I would never put my dick in a glory hole because I know that it could be a milking machine and that won't stop until... <laughs> if that old it's farmer's daughter's I'm joke taught me anything. Get that joke. Well, Mr. Show uh, did a great musical based on that joke. It made oh, my really? day. Yeah, they had Jack Black singing about whatever you do, don't stick your dick in the third hole. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. And it was one, one of those meta jokes where I knew the original joke, so I was like on cloud nine. You know, I got, I got it on both levels. Uh-oh, Jerry's going to fall down the window. It's the start of the pansy. If he freezes and they run the credits, it's the patsy. Nope, oh, he no, falls no, into the paint. paint the screen, and now the credits start. So what, he jumped out of the window because his, he, he had a kid? He had three kids, maybe? I would jump out of the window if I found out I had three kids. Marty Feldman's in this movie. Oh, there's a lot of people in this movie, Ed. I mean, I, I was taking a look. It never played... Uh, Psychotronic Video Guide says that it never played theatrically in the States, but it did play in West uh, Germany. 
That's based on Kurt Vonnegut book. Yeah, you know, Kurt Vonnegut has a, a long history of awful movie adaptations. Most recently, Breakfast of Champions with Bruce Willis, which I don't know if you know this. Yeah. He owns that movie. Bruce Willis actually owns the rights to that movie. Jim Backus is in this film. Sam Fuller, the director. Uh, oh, Sam Fuller, yeah. the director. Yeah. I just oh. saw the big red one this morning, actually. Hello, oh, have, and the movie. We have guest starring Merv Griffin. They don't appear in the second movie yet. That's why they're guest starring in this movie. Pat, Pat Morita. So wait, there's two movies? <laughs> why else would they have a guest starring credit? I don't, I, it's so weird they always do that. Yeah, TV movies, they do that all the time. Special guest stars. Like, well, everyone's a guest star. You're right. <laughs> Ooh, special effects by an actual corporation. There's some, uh, looks like we got a real movie happening tonight. It's, I wish the camera would stay still. Well, it's panning around all the craziness that's happening in the hospital. We're going to do a one-track shot, says uh, Jerry Lewis. Right. Is and that the- a woman or a puppet? <laughs> oh, my eyes can't adjust all the weirdness. I just made my screen full screen. Oh. There's Jerry covered oh, in paint. Covered in brown paint, even though he fell in red paint. Yeah, uh, well, you know, he's he likes brown face humor. The more racist. So Madeline gone to 15. She just had a kid. Is that what's happening? I when think you're 30, so. they could be issues. Oh, that is Madeline Kahn. You thought that was a puppet. And then that guy's beard is ridiculous. Now he's a secret agent. No, no, he's a secret agent. He's an agent with cameras, tiny cameras hidden everywhere. How do you know this? I just saw it. <laughs> it was on TV. He has a camera on the broom. See, look at that. Transistor radio. Got- 80s movies are really racist when it comes to Asians. Oh, my God. I was just watching um, Defending Your Life last night, and there's some really racist parts. But it's about defending your life. Oh, that's the 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 comedy, right? Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks, yeah. I have a weird relationship with that movie. At the time, my VCR wasn't working, and every time I rented a movie, this is when I was in Boston, uh, it would flicker. It would like constantly track and track and track, you know. And I couldn't do anything about it, so I watched Defending Your Life and Barton Fink uh, like that, and it just ruined the movies for me. That's great. You should have lived with that story. Yeah, I'm going to try that story out for American Life. For Mortified. And then. (laughs) There's freaking flickering. Every TV. There's a lot of TVs on in this movie, and they're all flickering. Well, I I know that, actually. I learned that at Montclair High. It's because the uh, cinema film is 34 uh, frames per second, and it's different on television. So when they show people watching TV, you have to show the television at a different frame rate so it goes through the TV otherwise it looks amateurish oh look at that right, <laughs> I'm completely silent because I don't know what's going on there's like a garish oh there's Merv Merv I look, I look Merv Griffin playing a, a TV personality well I mean they probably just asked him to walk next door to the other sound studio for 20 minutes and shoot a scene He's a, it's a, it's a TV newsroom and it's completely garish. The call letters look like it's uh, straight out of uh, I don't know, some boutique clothing store. Oh, it's like a movie version of a TV studio. Yeah, you kind of hide in it a little bit for comedic effect. 
Uh, so they're, uh, <laughs> it's a cooking show in men in suits. It's a rare dish. I hope it's stinky tofu. What is that? It's little people. Oh, hey, there's Pat Marino. Oh, there he is. What? He's like a tiny little person. How cool is this? <sighs> so Kurt Vonnegut, so there's a Breakfast of Champions. But I, I was looking into the film director who made this movie. He's more of a producer now. He produces baby genius straight-to-DVD films. And, uh, but he... Sorry, uh, baby genius, too, starred Republican great Scott Baio. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to now add that movie. I'm trying to watch all his yeah. films. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. They're really hard to watch. Roller Skate USA. Well, they're uh, actually. I have a quiz, Adam. I wrote down a list of the three DVD movies Baby Geniuses have made this year, uh, back in 2014. There's three of them. I'm going to give you four names, and I want you to guess which one I made up. Okay. All right. I don't know where I put my fucking notebook. This thick game is over. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, shit. That, that was good. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I took anyway, it out. Film is a tiny um, Pat Morita in a bowl of noodles talking with two sumo wrestlers next to him talking to the TV studio. Well, he picked uh, a local network, too, to also give this speech. Yeah, I'm gonna go everywhere in Cleveland. You, you, Adam, you're full disclosure as a television producer. If someone said that I'm gonna uh, uh, open up a dish of food on on your television show, would you look inside beforehand, or would you just let it be surprised when there's actually little people in there? I'm a terrible producer. I would let it be surprised. <laughs> I'd trust that there was a a miniature live emperor with two sumo wrestlers, high fiving sumo wrestlers. They shouldn't have squeaked his voice because it's hard enough to know what's going on. Yeah, these closed captioning on YouTube is not helping me at all. It's just stopped. It's oh, giving up. So we fell in mud, Jerry Lewis, or we fell in red paint? He fell in red paint. There was a, a trough, an open trough of red paint to the ground floor uh, because these painters were painting a wall. Hey, I was looking at your website. You have a lot of good movies on there that you've watched. Yeah, oh, there's a lot of great movies on YouTube. And, you know, Adam, honestly, like, I, I've, you and I are both memorize every single word from the Golden Turkey Awards book. There's a lot of movies you hear about, but you never, you read about, but you never actually see. And YouTube gives you the opportunity to see, say, Mother Goose a Go-Go, a film that I would just normally read about. So, you know, there's some great movies out there. And, uh, Ain't the internet grand. Isn't it great? What a great world we live in. Why didn't we watch Mother Goose a Go-Go? Uh, we could. Uh, it's, uh, no, it's, no, it's, it's a great storyline. It's a newlywed, and the, the groom can't get it up or whatever because once he hears Mother Goose rhymes, he uh, faints. So a sexy therapist sprays him with LSD, and uh, then he watches cartoons about Mother Goose, and then everything's okay. Oh, and there's like a... a I watched the trailer. There's a weird rape scene where... Uh, this guy is playfully ripping the hem of a woman's dress. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. But it was the 60s, uh -huh. you know. He was ripping her dress while she was bending over. Yeah. That was the joke. So right now we have, we're inside a building, which I think they're going to shoot most of the movie inside this building. I think they probably rented it out for the week and just figured it will be easier just to keep every scene inside here. But they're, but they're doing something. 
It's still these oh, Asian jokes are insane. This movie is long. <laughs> you just said we all look alike, the Asian guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe to a round the guy eye, with right? Pad face. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to join along. Uh, so anyway, the director of this movie starred as an actor uh, in the uh, theatrical production of Kurt Vonnegut's play Happy Birthday, Wanda June. And it made me, oh, there's Marty Feldman. Holy shit. He's just walking into this movie. Uh, but it just reminded me of, uh, there's another Kurt Vonnegut movie star- directed by an actor who appeared in a movie with Kurt Vonnegut. Do you know what actor I'm thinking of? Say again? This, uh... Director acted in a movie with Kurt Vonnegut, and he directed Mother Night, what Kurt Vonnegut movie with Nick Nolte. Uh-huh. It was Keith Gordon yes. from uh, Back to School. Rodney's son, uh, Kurt Vonnegut oh, shows yeah. up as himself. He writes, yeah, yeah. yeah, he writes Vonnegut writes uh, an essay on Kurt Vonnegut, and uh, he gets him a C. And there's a famous scene. Well, there's a famous scene where Kurt Vonnegut shows up and takes the money. Uh, and then later, uh, Ronnie's on the phone. He's like, uh, fuck you, Kurt Vonnegut. Your paper got me. He goes, your paper got me a C. And he goes, what? Well, fuck you. <laughs> it's like that. Like, Kurt Vonnegut tells him to fuck off. And so anyway, the son, Ronnie Dangerfield's son, Keith Gordon, later became a director and directed Mother Night, a Kurt Vonnegut movie. There you go. Yeah. And there's also Slaughterhouse-Five. This is a modest house. Nice smoggy view out there in the background. Yeah, it's L.A. back in the day. So th- this is uh, Los Angeles, you think? Yeah, where else would it be? Not San Canada. Francisco? Oh, San Francisco. We have mountains. <laughs> we have. Yeah, we have crawled the fog. We have crawled the fog. Oh, by the way, San Francisco today, they had a uh, the San Francisco marathon. And it took me forever to get here. It's a very serious marathon. For example, you have to wear clothing. And, uh, <laughs> cock rings do not count go. as clothing. You have to. You can't wear you costumes. Know. Costumes do not count. And uh, you, you have to be sober. You can't be drinking. So no one, no one likes this marathon. Yeah, it's bullshit. If you can't drink at a marathon, where can you drink? Well, there's a famous Beta Breakers marathon where you dress up in costume, where you just go naked and you just get drunk and you, and you walk, run the whole race. Yeah, one time I came up to see you, and I stayed in a hotel, and it just happened to be right the view of the Beta Breakers, and I wake up Sunday morning, and I open the window, and there's naked people running by my window. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But they're not technically naked, because some have cock rings. There's a, a movement in Castro to walk around naked, and opponents say, listen, you're not really walking around naked if you have a cock ring, you know? You can't say you're walking naked when you're obviously fetishizing it. A flying well, UFO spaceship. spaceship. ILM, uh, this is their first job. The special effects of this. It's the butler locked out Mar- Madeline Kahn. He's the worst butler. Uh, Jerry Lewis is getting wow, chased. Wow, that's the worst special effects. <laughs> like, not since Evil Tunes have I seen such a... Uh, Cool World oh, looked better tunes. than this. Evil Tunes. Uh, evil Tunes, by the way, should be recalled Evil Tune. Because they just had one, one tune. tune. Yeah, complete ripoff. Oh, you know, there's a movie uh, I talked about on um, my show last week, uh, Prison of the Dead. And I went to look for a um, trailer of Prison of the Dead. 
And there's a movie called like the Reborn, The Dead Reborn. Uh-huh. They took footage from Prison of the Dead and made it and put it in this film and made it look like the, the guy's watching a reality show. And the reality shows this other movie. What a awful, awful idea! So you could take so a. Uh, yeah, Corman used to do that. He would Roger Corman would get these uh, Russian science fiction movies, and he would uh, redub them and add different scenes and release them as two different movies. Uh, and they're just they're awful. Well, actually, one movie, uh, the intro outro was uh, directed by Peter Bandanovich. So if you're a completist, you have to see that movie. But uh, I never heard of taking another person's movie and passing it off as a reality show in another movie. That's definitely a first. Yeah, well, you can tell it's obviously not a union film. And neither were um, Baby Geniuses. Baby Geniuses, which I have a list somewhere. It's, I yeah, probably I put met it a guy other. who's in four and five, and he wanted to come on the show, but... Um, he just kept saying, oh, it was non-union, it was non-union, and he got in trouble with the union. Huh. We worked with John Voigt, who I guess is allowed to doing non-union stuff. So John Voigt is the one remaining star in, these, in the series, I guess? I have no idea about the direct-to-DVD. I'm not surprised that they have a series of them. I just didn't realize that they continued the brand. That's uh, Bob Clark's last movie. Yeah, the guy did uh, Porky's. Porky's and Black Christmas. And? And A Christmas Story. Yes. And From the Hip. Judd Nelson? Yeah. From the Hip? I'm pretty sure that was a Bob Clark production. All right, so anyway, uh, Pat Morita's back and he's just talking. Yeah, his voice is so squeaked up that I, I really can't hear it. Yeah, they should have done that. Well, they obviously get the idea, but oh, about to do it. Sorry, I was up all night. Oh, were um, you? You know, my two-year-old decided to get up at... Two years old? Midnight. She's two next week. I know, it's exciting. Bring a gift. Oh, yeah, So yeah. we were up for hours, and two in the morning, she's like, Toast? I want toast? bed. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we fell asleep around four. Oh, that's crazy. Well, it's your fault for bringing up the concept of toast to your toddler. Oh, my God. I opened up Pandora's box. Pandora's toaster. Pentoast. So, uh, I guess here's the nursery. See, I told you, they're not going to leave this house ever again. They're just going to be, the rest of this movie is going to be shot inside the interiors of a mansion that we don't give a shit about. But they're sleeping in giant cribs, him and his wife, separate giant cribs. And I think like a hot nurse. I read the novel years ago, and they're brother and sister, I'm pretty sure. Uh. But they're like... Wait, uh, is, he Mitch too? is he Minnie also? They, they, are, they are super intelligent aliens, twins, that were birthed through a human on Earth. And uh, the premise is that they're super intelligent together, but they're dumb as posts otherwise, separated. They're useless. When are we supposed to find that out? I just told you. Is <laughs> that uh, how that movie works? Yeah. Yeah, the usher comes up to you and explains the plot. Yeah. If I was to make a movie, I would do that. I would make sure that a movie is completely airless and uh, unfollowable. It reminds me a lot of Leonard Part Six, the 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 set. I don't know if it's Part Seven, right? Part Six. Part Six. 
So he has a wacky mansion with a lot of crap in it, and this kind of reminds me of it. I'm looking at the poster, and there's pictures of um, of Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if their estates approved of it, or maybe it's, it's like really a fan bizarre. poster. But then the description is a rich, beautiful couple. All right, slow down. They give birth to deformed alien twins who, when their heads are together, are the smartest kids on the planet. All right, so there you go. They, they're true to the book. You know, they'll he, he, say, like, well, Kurt Vonnegut, his novels are uh, unfilmable. Yes, and yeah. I would say yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, how about yes. that? You're right. You're correct. Slaughterhouse 5, Plastic. Do you know the original 1982 cut of the movie features a score by Michael Lindgren? And you know who wrote this? Michael Lindgren. Submitted um, <laughs> by, right, the original Bird composer. When the movie was re-edited, subsequently re-released in 84, it was replaced with a more science fiction-laced score. Um, the soundtrack LP was released, containing one side score by Stevens, the other side the new score. <laughs> There's too much shit in the world. So there's an album of this movie, a soundtrack of this movie that makes sure that has two soundtracks on it, one that was never released for a movie that no one's seen. Right. So right now they're doing some crazy shtick. They got, uh, they're dancing together and they have a lot of makeup on. So their faces look like, you know, Michael Jackson on a good day, I guess. And uh, all right, party, champagne, toast. I guess they're at a different part of the house. This is where they tell jokes. They get the party guests tell jokes to each other while dancing. They'll say like, "Oh, my uncle got fired as a zookeeper for feeding the squirrels." Oh man, that's a bummer scene. Why? Who did he feed it to? Or whatever. Like laughing is what I'm trying to say. For feeding the squirrels to the lions. To the lions. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's the joke. I got that from Uncle Floyd. It looks like um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, doesn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, the the partying? Well, that would be a great yeah, pleasant party surprise. Scene. That's the telephone. Some party. The party stops oh, the moment the phone through. rings. So I don't know who Marty Feldman is playing. He's the best, sir. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on right now. I, I'm honestly at a loss. We're at 2428 in the movie. Uh, this, I think there are a couple. Did you really fail on a movie or no? She's doing what? You ever just bail? Wow, she's hot, man. Like, on. Well, I, I, we could bail on it, but the whole idea of, the, of this podcast is that there's <laughs> yeah, some bad movies we'll that you can't you can't sit through, and I want to make sure we sit through it. That's why we have a podcast. You can listen to a podcast and watch this movie. That's how you can make it through this. Oh my god! Oh my god! glass. So, so I guess they play two characters, right? So Jerry and Madeline are a, a couple that do each other, and they produce twins that look exactly like each other, and the twins don't do each other. A beautiful, beautiful couple. A uh, beautiful couple. Yeah, l- listen, seriously, a beautiful couple. <laughs> Jerry Lewis, man, he's the original Donald Trump. When, when Jerry gets serious, 
He's uh, serious. It's an important it. shot. I love how he talks, Jerry, when he gets serious. He was on a lot of good Merv Griffin. There is a Merv Griffin box set that has a bunch of Jerry uh, visits. And Jerry's there chain-smoking, talking serious, and then uh, Merv will say, we'll be right back. And Jerry will do, like, some gag where he drinks, sips a glass of water, but he gets the entire glass stuck in his mouth, you know, like, for the commercial break. But then he's serious the rest of the time. Yeah, he's totally serious, but, you know, he makes sure the camera lingers on him before they go to a shot. All right, so finally the payoff. The alien kids are touching their heads, and their lights are there. They have some band in their head that's causing lights to go off. And then there's a set designer flashing a giant light off screen that's going through the, uh, the set. I'd pay good money for this movie. Why was he still making movies? <laughs> when was um, Hardly Working made that we reviewed on my show, Proudly Resents? Hardly Working. When was that made? 84. That was 80, I think. Oh. I think so it was. Did him make another movie? Yeah, so he um, he he did uh, Smorgasbord as well during the 80s, right? That was cracking up. Ooh. But he, this film, like if King of Comedy was 83 and this film finally hit video in 84, uh, yeah, I don't know. Or like I said, he did a movie called Arizona Dreams, which is even worse than this movie with Johnny Depp. And he's serious sharing in that. And he did Funny Bones, which we love. But I don't think, uh, other than his own movie cracking up. Oh, he did, Jerry did a movie in Germany about being a cop in 84, I noticed while I was digging around. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was really strange. It might have been a French production. It was a, it was a foreign production. Let me put it that way. With Jerry Lewis as a cop, and, I, I, and his character's name was Jerry, of course. Right. Oh, so here's the Air Force One, and you could tell because the president has an oversized red phone and a Statue of Liberty in his uh, wing. And I think he's talking about jelly beans. I think this is probably political humor part. And you know who the president had? You see who that Love is? Me. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. Do you, you prefer the millionaire or Mr. Magoo or James Dean's father when it comes to Jim Backus? Or James it's a, Dean's father. James Dean's father, yeah. Where Jim Backus has like a, a apron. He's, and he has a tray of cookies or whatever he's going to give his son and his son tells him to fuck off and he goes I don't understand you right yeah. you're, you're tearing me apart the old time thinking oh that's uh, Mr. Magoo yeah <laughs> <laughs> hard to get over that Mr. Magoo is great it's like a white racist character you know like every cartoon yeah. character is a, is a race is, is an ethnic stereotype and then they're like well let's make fun of uh, dementia whoa we're at it yeah, why not? Let's get it all in there. Mr. Magoo, uh, the movie, have you ever seen that? Leslie Nielsen? No, I didn't see that. I have. Oh, is it? It's good. I mean, it's directed by a Hong Kong director whose name I forgot. It was a Disney movie, and it's a lot of set pieces. It's a, one of those, like, weird 90s comedy. Uh, speaking of comedy. Yeah. The kids are uh, playing with their food. Jerry's doing some uh, slapstick. Of another kind, like not funny. 
Yeah, <laughs> how many kinds of slapstick are there? There's slapstick. And I wouldn't even consider like having a Costello or uh, Laurel and Hardy slapstick necessarily. There's a food fight where uh, with a bunch of actors in the room. Yeah, it's wrong with the kids with their heads together. <laughs> so this would be outrageous if this wasn't inside a, ho- a house with nobody else watching. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> I love Marty Feldman, though. He's covering in food. He has a nice slow burn going. Slow burn is the best. Yeah, he can do all that stuff so well. So he comes across. These guys just, I mean, it just seems like they went into a soundstage, set this up, and then just had the three actors in the room while they made a mess. Yeah, well, there's curtains in the background. It's clearly like, yeah, it's some other kind of set. No one will notice. This is one of my favorite things about bad films. When they do something ridiculous and they're like, well, no one will notice. <laughs> we just have shower curtains. Right. Around. Yeah, there's the scene with the food fight scene. They happen to have like uh, plastic curtains all around, <laughs> draped around the room. It could be the same studio they shot the TV studio stuff in. But what a coincidence yeah. that when they pull out the gar- the hose that they happen to have uh, plastic curtains in the room anyway. Right, right. All right, so now we are in Amish country. You think this is shot in California, though? I don't know. Like, when we saw Hardly Working, there was a lot of scenes in Florida where, like, the wind was gusting and Jerry's weird hair was flying around. So he'll shoot anywhere. We're watching uh, adult. We're watching the parents right now. There's uh, George W. Bush. Yep, they're not going to leave the mansion. It's just cheaper to set it up there. Yeah, I think like you know, just have the story run its course inside one location. Let's just do a story about this uh, nanny. So the babies are idiots unless their heads are together, but right. they're babies. They're so babies they played by adults, and that their parents are also played by the same actors. Sounds good. Really I approve. Good I I agree. I check this off. Sign the movie studio. Huh. So they're coming back to whatever. I have, I have a feeling this movie already knows what it wants to do, and it's just going to run its course. What course is that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They already know what they're going to do with this movie, so whether or not it makes any sense or if it's watchable is is debatable. I mean. I don't remember I, I mean I kind of remember this book It's just kind of an allegory About something You know I mean it's, it's not a It's a metaphor It's not meant to be Literally shot You know But I love Jerry's makeup though The, the rubber nose on his face Is really uh, Noticeable <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it's bad you want to bail on this movie, is what you're saying? We can put out a different movie? No, no, no. I mean, we've got to watch something for two hours. Yeah. You know, who am I? Who am I to judge? 
Well, if I can figure out how to get the uh, sound working again on the, on the computer, I can. We could look up YouTube videos of Jerry during the time. You know, I have to admit, Jerry Lewis is like the last living legend we have. One of the last. And the fact that people should be grateful the guy's still alive and, and check out his movies. You know, you shouldn't go see a Jerry Lewis movie because he passed away. You should check him out right now. Beginning well, with Slapstick. He, uh, which one should you see? Well, it's just, I mean, ironically, this movie, of course. But, I mean, sincerely, uh, oh, I like his... Uh, the bellboy you know the workaholic films he did we just kept cranking them out uh patsy uh cinderella is funny uh the films that he directed are, are worth watching for sure i mean some of the 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 stunts the slapstick stunts are are pretty innovative and uh you know he, he has a distinct comic personality and and uh it's fun to watch i mean and he's done a lot of misfires you know and uh even those are kind of fun to watch. So, uh, like big swing. Big swing. Like you take a big swing, like a yeah. big chance. Yeah, he does absolutely. Like he'll he'll miss, you know, or he'll uh, there'll just be something off about it. He did a movie called Which Way to the Front, uh, which is probably one of his last big movies uh, for Warner Brothers, and it's a World War II movie where. Uh, he happens, Jerry is a millionaire and he has a black uh, chauffeur named Lincoln and him and Link go to, uh, go to Germany because he looks like a, a German uh, official and uh, he meets Hitler and Hitler's played by uh, this Jewish vaudevillian actor who plays him like as a Yiddish guy and even that's kind of fun to watch, you know, it's bizarre. Uh, but he, he, as a director, used to do these crazy little stunts like I remember one movie they're watching an in-flight film and there's some turbulence and as the as the plane itself would move the image in the f image in the film would move with it you know that's kind of clever right right yeah, I'm not yeah, impressing you with Jerry but Jerry had, he has so many moods and he's done so many things for one person and good and bad and I just think like you could just Look at one one moment in his life and just be fascinated. And there's hundreds of moments in his life that are just fascinating, you know. I mean, he was like, I love like no point of people like these are babies. The babies are destroying the house, and they're like, we don't know what to do because they're giant people dressed like babies. <laughs> like in real life, not that I'm the world's greatest dad, but if your kid is doing it, you just grab him. I would take the gun. Kid, it, Oh, he breaks the gun? Yeah. So, oh, they're aliens. So do you think I that's... I Marty Feldman, though. He's reading a book. He's been reading that book all movie. He just I wish he would lend me the book. He didn't realize he's being shot during that scene. <laughs> he's so good. I, uh... So how come Marty Feldman's funny in this movie and Madeline Kahn and Jerry Lewis aren't? I think he's just given the right role. I mean, they're given the thankless, impossible, self-indulgent, shitty role. Yeah. He's just so perfect, I guess. I mean, he's made so many bad movies, but he's always good in them. He's, uh, he's, he's made a lot of films as director himself, right? He did a parody of those old uh, World War One desert westerns, the O.E.S. West, whatever it's called. God, I wish I could remember. Oh, I saw it. It's funny. I mean, it's big and silly. Spike Mulligan's in it. 
Oh, that's fun. Well, this is big and silly. Oh, he's looking right in the camera, Jerry. He's shaking the camera. He broke the fourth oh, wall. Goodness. Now everything's sped up. Oh, they're going to spray mace uh, on him, and I can tell because the uh, chambermaid showed up with tell? it. Because they have a big aerosol that says the word mace on it. Oh, do you think so? So he's spraying these babies with mace. That's hilarious. That's actually <laughs> what I do as a parent. <laughs> Daddy mace. So he's like um, riffraff. Yeah, right maybe. In, uh, Rocky Horror. Did Riff Raff used to spray their guess, his guests with mace? Yes, you did see that? No, I, I didn't really see that. Have you movie. seen Shock Treatment, the sequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh, yeah, sure. If you have FX Movie Channel, that's all they show. Fox Movie Channel, they show that movie like once a day. It's good. It's a different movie, yeah, it's but it's good. Movie. They do that gag again just now where... They're holding up the broken portrait where the faces popped out with their face in it. Yeah, right, and to the camera, no less. So this is some Back to the Future type special effects. You have Jerry and Madeline as parents in the same room as Jerry and Madeline as space alien baby twins. And guess what? You can tell that it's shot at different times. <laughs> shot at different years almost. Yeah, the, the parrot scenes are shot during the daytime with the natural sunlight on Madeline's shoulders. Wait, this is 15 years after the kids were born and they're still babies? Is that what it is? I think so. Or they still treat them like babies. I thought they said 15 years later. Oh, now they're getting dressed. We're very excited. Oh, oh wow. They're, they're, wearing, they're dressing like adults. They're not going to leave the mansion. Without touching their heads? This is the worst episode of Down Abbey ever. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like the sexy, even the sexy French maid's not really that here nor there. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, oh this is so boring. <laughs> so, uh, what's well, the best movie you've done on your podcast so far? What do you Oh, honestly, I recommend Rat Finka Boo Boo. I'm unabashedly a fan of that movie. Oh, you love that movie. I really do. It's like a, a stalker movie for half its time, and then it just becomes a Batman and Robin surfer uh, music video. Just every hodgepodge of uh, 60s uh, pop culture during that time just shows up in this hour of a long movie. It's great. It's an hour long? 67 minutes? Wow. Yeah. I have, uh, I, I, you know, if anyone wants to send me a tweet, I'm at, at Spiegelmania. I don't have anything set up for the podcast, but I'm always looking for good movies, uh, full length movies on YouTube. Uh, I, and I've actually did see two films that I, I would rather not do for the podcast, but I would kind of recommend them. And I'm a little hazy, but there was a, a cartoonist from the 70s, a French guy, like a heavy metal National Lampoon type of guy. And he made two animated movies during the 70s that like Bill Murray and some other people did the voices for. And uh, I went ahead and saw them and they're just racist piece of shit. <laughs> so I don't really want to, I don't really want to say about it, but I was happy to see him on YouTube, you know. What was the movies? I don't remember. Is that great? I don't recall. It's two different films. One takes place in the jungle, and the other one, I guess, doesn't. And the other one doesn't? Yeah, I, you know what? I don't even know why I brought it up. I don't I don't remember anything about it. 
I mean, not the time. What, uh, how do I find it? Uh, go to IMDb Bill Murray. It should be listed. It's mentioned in the Bill Murray, the big book of Bill Murray. They talk about the two animated films. Because there, there, uh-huh. there was a time when, uh, like, you know, the heavy metal of the movie uh, was voiced by, like, John Candy and uh, Harold Ramis, and they were giving out voice work to, to various people. Like, you can see your Saturday uh, Night Live. Who's it? Bill Murray and who else? In uh, these cartoons, I th- all I know is Bill Murray. They're like one one word uh, titles. Oh, do you know he was in Groundhog's Day? Who? Bill Murray. Who do you play? I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you play the arrogant jerk that everyone likes? Was he? Was it? We said one word. Yeah. Meatballs. <laughs> no. <laughs> stripes? It's not stripes. Stripes? No. Caddyshack. That is what word, but no. Ronnie Dangerfield, it's not easy being me. Was it BC Rock? It might be BC like, Rock. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a cartoon wacky movie with like, I'm a average guy caveman. Right? Yeah, that's it. And that's then he exactly did another right. one. I think it begins with the letter P, Ed. Oh, well, you've <laughs> narrowed it down for me. Let's see. Caddyshack? Pussy? Pripes. Pripes? Peatballs. Um, where the Buffalo Room, Mike Mondo video, which is great. Coming Attractions? No, it's, which is a good movie. Who did that? It was a, um, like Dan Aykroyd. It was a... Kind of like that's entertainment for like uh, bad movies, and uh, they would have segments hosted by like Dan Aykroyd or whatever, and they would show just like scenes to, of bad movies, and it came out in the oh, early eighties. Cool. Right now, if you are uh-huh. watching this movie, uh, they're still in the mansion, and uh, the parents are being uh, consoled by an accountant or something. Who looks like the same guy from the doctor's office, but his beard is, is um, his goatee is combed out. You know that the Jim Backus, the president of the United States, is also in the room. He's in the room a lot for this movie. The president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else has he got to do? Well, where's the security detail? I mean... They were in that scene when the kids um, are on the top of the stairs and the lady drops the tray and they pull the guns out. Oh, right. They pull the guns out and then the kids bend their guns and then they leave the room. The worst Secret Service ever. I don't know. <laughs> there, were, there were some examples, right? Well, except for that time in 1980, they're probably the worst Secret Service people ever. What about people jumping over the wall? And they're like, oh, oh those? You have, well, the you're right. The new series. Oh, you, you, you think um, the movie starts with the P, the director starts with the P. His name is Picha. Yeah, right, Picha. He's the uh, cartoonist, and he made two movies that Bill Murray does voices on it, and both movies are on Shame of the Jungle. Okay. That's one of them. He made Snow White, the sequel, in 2007. That's not one of them. Ten years before that, he made a TV show in France, Zoo Cop. Zoo Olympics, The Big Bang, <laughs> Shame of the Jungle, the Cartoon Circus. Huh. Well, Shame know, of the Jungle sounds part. right. I think that's the, the the Jungle parody one. Oh, here comes some special you think effects. think Shame of the Jungle has to do with the jungle? 
I think that might be the the racist one. Yeah. So the kids are putting their heads together, and there's some crazy special effects going around their head while the president watches. Uh, <laughs> that's right, they kiss. Are they kissing? Well, I mean, come on, they are space alien twins. Yeah, at least the mom gets upset by it. Uh, this is where they bring up. This is a very serious uh, part on a very special episode of Slapstick of Another Kind. The mother explains how incest is bad. What? Well, you just said incest. Yeah, I, they have nothing going on in this movie, and so they're like, well. Here's a conflict. <laughs> I don't know if conflict is it. It's so where's the president during this? Has he gone back to the White House? It's kind of funny that as the parents they're disgusted and then they also play the kids who are, who are okay with it. Right. Oh, there's the president. The president has an opinion on this matter. Ew. This movie's going a weird turn. Yeah, I mean, of all the turns they can go, they can go any direction they want. So they have uh, stand-ins, I guess. There's a scene with Madeline and Madeline, but... Space alien Madeline's head is to the uh, camera. <laughs> I don't know why they had to put an alarm on. Warning everyone else in this house. <laughs> so they are arresting the twins for admitting that they like to kiss each other, and they're arresting them by putting straight jackets on them and having their friends take them away by horse and carriage. Oh, this movie's brutal. <laughs> this is brutal. What, did we miss Sam Fuller? Did he show up already? He had a show. Oh, he must have played some old grizzly guy. Some guy with a cigar in his mouth. Hey, uh, breaking news? Yes. Jennifer Hudson to star in Adam Sandler's Netflix movie San Sandy Wexler. Yeah, it's his new character. Yeah, that's great. And then, then there's one more movie, and they're done with the Netflix, right? Four movies. Yeah, I'm sure they'll do more. He's like the new Jerry Lewis. Well, he's definitely influenced by Jerry Lewis, the the aggressive manchild uh, bit. I mean. God bless uh, Happy Gilmore and the Waterboy, but they're they're nothing more than just Jerry Lewis. And same with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is an aggressive, you know, man-child. Whether it's uh, Ace Ventura, you know, Ace Ventura is Jerry Lewis. Just turned up. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, funny. I don't know. Oh, it is funny. Well, I mean, like, part of the appeal is how uh, unhinged you can get as a human being. You know, and that's kind of how what the the humor is. Uh. They need they need stunt people for this scene we're watching. They're they're hanging off of rooftops. Someone endangered their lives to make sure they get the scene in. 
I'm a professional stuntman. What can I do for this movie? Well, we need you to scale down a, a roof. It's because of these space aliens. You know what? I just read the script. I'm not going to endanger my life. Fuck this shit. What's going on? Well, she slugged the guy unconscious by not touching her, by having her fist miss his face, and he slumped down. <laughs> by a mile. And then uh, she has a straight jacket oh my God, on. Mike, guess what I just did? What's that? I accidentally um, stopped the movie. Okay, well, why don't we pause here? I'm going to pause at uh, 50 minutes. So right now we have 15 more seconds. Can you get back to 50 minutes? Hold on a second. I'll explain what's going on in this movie while you uh, search. Oh, here we go. Start it up again. All right, start it up exactly, exactly at 50 minutes. All right. Oh, wait. I have it paused at 50 minutes. 50, I'm pausing the movie. People oh. listening, I've paused yeah, yeah, the movie. Hold on, hold on. New podcast oh, alert. The movie uh, has been paused. Uh, this is brilliant podcast. Podcast. All right. Pause. Two, three... Go. All right, ready? Yep. I'm down, count, count me down. Oh, wait, I'll pause again. I'm, I already started it. I'm at 50.05. Go ahead and start. Just tell me when you get to 50.05. 50.02. 50. 50. 50.04. Okay, there we go. 55. Go, go, go. <sighs> oh, jeez. So uh, I'm watching Marty Feldman literally push me on the con off the scene. Oh, now we're back in outer space. This is what no. they call in uh, uh, theater intermission, or the middle part. Because, you know, you bring, oh, up, okay. you bring up outer space in the beginning of the movie. The narrator, and then in the middle of the film, like in Goodfellas, the, the narrator will come back. Oh, this is like a wacky military base. <laughs> Unscrewed up alumni. That's funny. What's a military school? It's comedic military school Everything is a joke There's a wacky sign There's a cowboy with a cigar People shoot off cannons and they fall down A man is literally chasing a chicken right now To show you how uh, absurd the military force is Oh my god I would be so relieved to see a man chase a chicken in this movie I'd be like at least they're trying They're trying I mean that's funny A man chasing a chicken A uh, uh, private Mike, watching this movie is the worst thing you ever made me do, and you're my older brother. <laughs> I know. I waited till we were 50 to pull this off. Here we are, early 40s. Like, I got you good. I don't know. I think that um, Charles Swan, the third movie, is worse. The, do you know what I'm talking about? With uh, no, Charlie no Sheen. Idea. Charlie Sheen. Bill Murray. Charles Swan, the third. Yeah, it's a Roman Coppola movie. The Private Lives of, or... Well, he's the worst. Th that movie is worse than this. Uh, so I, I can't he's an Oscar winner, Roman Coppola. Oh, yeah, I Not know. Not one of his films. Well, you know, the great Not thing... Not one of those films, but... I can't think... What was the film for? Do you remember? Was it for I'm Not There? It was uh, something he did with um, his uh, brother or cousin or whatever. Um, one of those good movies. Who's the guy who made all those good films with Bill Murray and? Oh, I know who you're talking about Rushmore and such. Yeah, that guy. I think he co-wrote one of his films. Oh, right. Well deserved. It was a good movie. Oh, what's going on? Well, there's a military man. Oh, that's there. We go. That there guy smoking a cigar is Sam Fuller. I told you he'd have a cigar. Who else would it be? Yeah. 
he plays he shows up in a lot of 80s films I don't know if you watched a lot of Vim Vendors movies but he did this terrible 80s film about film producers waiting for financing and, and Sam Fuller's in that one and he shows up I think in the end of uh, Violence so this uh, no I've never seen a Vim Vendors film because I don't hate I I don't love boredom <laughs> We've, uh, my friend Lee and I went to see this movie at State of Things to Come or something like that from the 80s and it was so bad there was one scene where they're on an island waiting for movie financing and this guy on his Apple IIe computer in glorious green uh, monochrome was showing a interactive story with graphics and, and lettering and he was just pressing the space bar as each scene would load 80s style and that was the movie they just had the camera on this and uh, we were laughing. We went to see it at the at the Coolidge Corner Movie House, the Revival House. And uh, my friend and I started laughing like derisively at this movie, and because it, it's awful. And I look around, and everybody was seriously into it. And we actually we actually left. And it was one of the few times where I, I felt like I had to speak out and just say this movie's a bunch of shit. The other movie, Dancer in the Dark. Yeah. You ever see that one, mm-hmm. Bjork? David Morse plays a cop. Uh, Lars Van Troyer. Dancer in the Dark. I was on TV the other night. I personally hate I that movie. I've never seen it. But the, I saw parts of it while slipping through the channels. At the end, she gets the chair, and I saw that in the theater, and I started to laugh, and I turned to uh, my date, and I said, like, can you believe it? And not only was my Dude. date crying, but everyone in the theater was crying. And I was the only one who was just like... <sighs> You know, I don't get it. What about There Will Be Blood? Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, the oil movie? Yeah. The one I saw at your house, the copy I brought to your house? Yeah, have you ever seen that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I don't like that movie. Uh, I was bored. Uh, Luckily, um, we were distracted. Yeah. Um, So, Tim Sardano, do you know who that is? Uh Uh-uh. He's a guy, he, he's a San Francisco filmmaker, in quotes, and uh, he makes these vampire movies. I try to get him on my show, but I think she thinks I'll just make fun of him because one of my first episodes, I think the first episode I ever did six years ago, we just made fun of him. But, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of people accusing him of crazy stuff. I don't know if it's true or not, but anyway, I just, he just came up. But I'd love to have him on the show. If anyone knows Tim, come on. It'll be, yeah. fair, it'll be a nice interview. Anyone uh, here in the Bay that want to do a mitzvah and and get my brother and this filmmaker together again, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. I say together again because you did make fun of him on your first show six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember that, actually, uh, that you you had a little piece about his vampire movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just want to get back to the movie real quick. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, it's the uh, staff of the house. We haven't left the house, and uh, they're drinking and reminiscing. And, and Marty Feldman is acting, I guess. He's doing real acting, so it's a bad sign. People are always like, uh, "Hey, I can't wait to riff a movie," but it's impossible to riff this movie. Well, you pick, yeah, we picked a terrible film to riff. <laughs> he has curlers um, in his hair. I'll give him that much. What's that? He has curlers in his hair. 
a little touch to indicate he's off uh, it's after hours Ah, right, here comes an alien. Spaceship returns to the exterior of the mansion. This movie is missing, like, Godzilla. I mean, if you're going to have the little people talk, you might as well have Mothra with them. Mothra was always announced by these little, these little uh, pixies. I love to see the reviews of this film. I don't know if it was. I mean, it must have been released on on video cassette at one point. Oh, uh, you don't think they reviewed it? I don't think Janet Maslin wrote about it. All no. The, all these movies I look for for the podcast, I check my Pauline Kael book and just high hopes that like Pauline <laughs> Kael reviewed it. <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me? Well, one of the movies I really wanted to do with you is uh, uh, The Toy with Richard Pryor and, and uh, Jackie Gleason, but the version that was free on YouTube was kind of shoddy. I didn't really want to do it. A lot of times full-length movies on YouTube start like mid-movie and are very washed out and look like they were shot off a of TV or something. It's like I'm watching that movie uh, Small Soldiers right now. Oh, a little uh, a spaceship has landed. A tiny spaceship has landed in Madeline Kahn's bedroom, and a little tiny soldier has popped out. It's a flying like uh, enchilada, I guess. She goes, "Are you a strange Chinese man, or are you another one?" <laughs> There's only so many words in this script And I gotta make sure it's all racist It's terrible, yeah Oh my god Jesus So here's your scene You're gonna play a general And you're gonna be popping out of a spaceship Okay, I'll just do it <laughs> That's the very definition of a professional there's an actor who decides to do this shit and, and does it, you know? Uh-huh. They're doing it straight, I mean. But this is kind of cool. This is, I've never seen this Jerry Lewis movie before. It's one more Jerry film. Do you have a favorite Jerry Lewis movie? This is definitely one more Jerry film. <laughs> if I was to do a pull quote for this film, I would say this is... One more Jerry film. Says <laughs> Adam Spiegelman. Says Mike Spiegelman. For completeness only. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they're in this military base. Um, oh, with a wacky sign. Point. It says Buster's Military School for Screwed Up Boys. You know, I, I don't know if they could, in real life, they would actually have a sign like that. Halt. I don't know. Uh, do I have a favorite Jerry Lewis movie? No. Uh, I guess the one we talked about, Cracking Up, whatever that one is great. And of course, Martin Scorsese, but not King Comedy. But do I have uh, anything else now? You ever see, uh, like, uh. Real films. Uh, any of the Martin Lewis movies? No. No. I know the uh, Road 2 films with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, but I don't know Lewis. 
Well, oh, actually, you know what? I, I can tell you a funny story, and it's on YouTube as well. Uh, why start now? Why start now? So, Bing Crosby had a, uh, a telethon going on, and he was with his partner, uh, Bob Hope. And I guess this was during the 60s or 50s, and they brought up on television this new comedy duo, Martin Lewis. And Jerry Lewis is completely, you know, it's classic young Jerry Lewis with the with the trim cut and uh, the the gawk, and he's just like he's going out of control. Every everything is exciting, and he's jumping around and he's running around, and you could see Bing Crosby just go pale, like he completely lost control, and. Uh, and Bob Hope is like, oh, hey, your partner, your partner is spooking my partner or whatever. You got to calm him down to Dean. And the story was that, like, uh, I believe it was Bing Crosby, but he was completely rattled by Jerry Lewis's impression. And that people say that that's how Jerry Lewis came up with the idea of a telethon was after doing their telethon. Oh, well, yeah. that's a story that went sideways. So <laughs> here's something that's shocking about this film. Yeah. This um, YouTube clip has almost 2 million views. This movie we're watching right now? No, almost 2,000 views. <laughs> 2,000 masochists in the world. Still. That's a lot. A lot of people going, what the hell am I watching? Oh, let's see if there's some of the... Do you ever look at the YouTube comments? No, but uh, we can. That's not a bad idea. Is that Virginia Graham in the beginning? Uh, I read Vonnegut's slapstick and enjoyed it very much, even though he considered it to be one of his worst works. Yeah, um, I mean, there's not much of a story. Absolutely terrible, which also made it completely watchable. That's not true. it was so bad. That's right, not I true. I agree with the first half of the sentence, but not the second. I'm not even sure what I saw. I agree with that. Yeah. But it was entertaining at the very least. Again, no, I agree again, with the I first disagree. Half. Yeah. You know, just because it's bad doesn't mean it's good. I mean, you could say I like bad movies and Birdemic is charming or whatever, but there are bad, bad movies. And this this is a great example of a film that is bad because it's it's bad. It's unwatchable. There's there's a layer to it that you don't have in movies that makes it hard to watch. There's a detachment to this film. I mean, she's smashing things, and things are blowing up, and I have no idea what's going on. She's freeing people who are being brainwashed. It's like the scene in Battlefield Earth, where they got the thing on their heads. Oh, the giant baby. And it looks like glass telephone booths, which means it must be state-of-the-art. Oh, she's saving her brother. While well, a guy winces in the background. Oh, and they're at Buster's Military School for screwed up boys. Listen to that soundtrack. What a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it's nice. A piece of shit movie. Oh, my God. <sighs> What's Have you seen heart bleeps? I never saw Heart Bleeps with Madeline Kahn as a robot. Yeah. Yeah, it was not Madeline Kahn. That's what made me think of it. I thought it was Madeline Kahn. Oh, who is it? It's, um... Well... Madeline Kahn. Well, it looks like uh, there's a lot of Jerry movies on YouTube. I'm just looking on the side here. So you can see Cinderella and the Iron Boy, two of his best movies. Uh... 
Yeah, I mean, I would just watch as much Jerry Lewis as possible while he's still alive and just celebrate the fact that he's living. Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters and uh, our, our friend Andy Kaufman. Our beeps. Uh, you're recommending more? Which ones would you recommend? I would definitely say The Iron Boy. Uh, Xenophila is funny. It has uh, Henry Silva in it, and he does a pretty charming job in it. Um, uh, I would recommend uh, Bellboy. That's probably one of my favorites. That movie is insanely good. Uh, Patsy's funny. That has Peter Laurie in it. Uh, he's done one where he's like, uh, he takes care of a school for girls, which is kind of funny. Uh, I just think anything he directed, you, you should go out and see. Uh, and it may hit, it may miss. What's that? I realized that I asked you within the last hour what your favorite one is. I'm always happy to talk about Jerry. You know, a friend had these Super Jerry tapes back when uh, VHS cassettes were the YouTube of its time. And uh, it was just footage of Jerry being a total asshole. Like, one thing I'll have to say is that you can find, like, dig around and find television appearances from the last 50, 60 years where he's, you know, innocent or he's just a total prick. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch him, be, you know, reminisce about how awful his old directors were or just, you know. Uh, he, I remember watching one, like, AMC, A&E special about him, and he was saying that the director of the first Martin Lewis movie uh, was as funny as a menstrual period, you know. Like, just and and he has a, a insanely bad reputation as a sexist because he just doesn't think women are funny, and uh, right. it's brutal, you know. We saw that movie hardly working, and he and uh, his niece says he wants she wants to be a clown. What was the response? He was like, "Yeah, anything's possible." <laughs> oh, like for a little girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's so funny that it's like um, they're trying to be progressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, we're so progressive by saying something stupid like that. But he's one of those guys who'll say women aren't funny, and he'll still say it, even though he's 90 years old. So, you know, and he's a total prick to people, so there's reasons to, you know, not like the person. So he's still right, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Just kidding. Because this movie proves that men can be unfunny as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he finally said that, we're equal, that men and women are equal when it comes to being unfunny. Yeah, 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 with being terrible. This must be the climax. They've been holding their heads together, and the special effects lights are going around them. Although, according to YouTube, we still have 13 more minutes. Hopefully, they'll show the credits very slowly. <laughs> the outtakes. It's, it's like great. a data carbon yeah. movie where there's like 10 minutes of outtakes. Oh, really? There's... um. Again, the last movie I just reviewed, uh, Prison, Prison of the Dead. Prison of the Dead. They show there's three horsemen that come out, which means they only had three costumes, and they come out of the grave. They're summoned by a Ouija board, and they each come out twice, just because they show the footage twice. <laughs> I guess try to kill as much time as possible. You think the the script called for four horsemen, and they looked at the budget. They said we can't do four horsemen in the apocalypse. That's bullshit. Guys, guys, we don't have that. We could do three and show it twice. Yeah, yeah. The three horsemen. I, w- I wasn't wrong about... They have, like, attack dogs inside the mansion. I, w- I wasn't wrong that this entire movie takes place in one location. Except for the school. Oh, right, the school of uh, crazy mixed-up boys. So that's two sets they used. 
Oh, there he is. There's Samuel Fuller. His movies during the 80s, I recommend. There's The Big Red One. There's White Dog. Have you seen White Dog, Ed? No, I haven't seen his 80s ones. Uh, Steel Helmet is really good. Steel Helmet's great. Uh, I think that was 1950. I dragged my um, then-wife, now-fiancé, and two friends to see... um, Your then-wife and now-fiancé, you said? Then, yeah. And vice versa. Um, the movie he did about the the mental institution. Oh, Shock Corridor. Shock Corridor. Yeah, I love that film. And, and it was so bad, and they hated it. And Russell says to my fiance, "I hope the wedding's not off." <laughs> <laughs> no one liked that movie. Oh, that's they great. Hated it. Oh, it, it is not. It's not a good film, but it's so many good parts to it. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I forgive the fact that it's flawed. It has flaws, but his films always has, like, this scenery that you're not going to see elsewhere. The way people move or are, are moving in scenes and stuff like that. Uh, he did a film called Street of No Return, which was from 89. And I saw that in the theater, and it is, like, the most insane movie. It's a rock star who lost his voice, and he keeps making a music video about him on a horse, and uh, Sam Fuller's daughter, I think, is in it. But it, I highly recommend it. It's it's just a crazy film. But, yeah, he so he did a lot of, like, acting. He was kind of like Orson Welles, where he did a lot of acting just to get money to produce his films. I think Orson Welles is in this movie too, Adam. In this one right now? Yeah, I think he does the voice. I remember reading that. Which means that it's a film with film directors acting. There's Jerry Lewis, there's Sam Fuller, and I guess Orson Welles. And, and Marty Feldman. He's a director. <laughs> oh yeah, Marty Feldman. Yeah. As we have learned today. Uh, there is 10 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> this must be the climax. This is the movie. If it was a date, I pretend I got a text and I'd have to go. <laughs> this date would take place like at a cafeteria by mistake, like and two hours earlier. Like they both go to a cafeteria to eat and they're like, oh, hey, how are you? We're supposed to go to dinner later. Why don't we walk around? <laughs> Uh, their heads are together Their heads together They have that oscillator uh, Social effect Lights around their heads And I, th- I think this Basically the spaceship Are going to take them I mean what could possibly happen I mean if I was writing a story About uh, a couple That gives birth to space aliens That look exactly like the parents I would end it with the UFO Taking them, the, the space aliens back So that's all we're waiting for Ended. I would start it that way so we can go home earlier. Do you think this is the same house they shot Modern Problems in? Remember at the end they go to a big giant house. I hardly remember that movie. I feel like I was a kid, but when I watched it, I feel like I was drunk. <laughs> you gave me a, a DVD of that movie. Oh, I did. Yeah, from a uh, terrible brother. No, it was like a bad movie event at like Slam Dance or Bunk Fest or whatever. And they had a DVD version, you gave me it. Oh my god, this is so bad. This movie is really bad. I, I, well, the aliens have come, the miniature aliens have come, and they're going to take back the twins, I guess. Thank, here's something you don't hear often. Thank God Pat Morita is in this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it has a very little Pat Marina in this movie. Hello. This is very little. He's a miniature. Yeah, because he's a miniature. It's a small role. There's no such thing as a small role, Adam. Only small actors. Hey, come on. <laughs> Pat Marina, stand up for your right. Oh, sorry. Oh, he is. Oh. Oh, my God. I like the close up of the eyes of these actors, but I don't know if the director's telling them to do anything while they do the close ups. Look, I've given up my nap time. <laughs> You're the father of a toddler. Are you giving up your precious nap time to do this movie? Oh, I appreciate it. It's a lot of time. I bet you she wakes up the moment this movie's over. So there's no rest for you. Uh oh, all the oh wacky toy wind up toys have been wound up. Wow, this is some good special effects. Well, some set oh. designer said, well, we need some wacky toys in here. The smoke is coming out of things. Drawers are opening and closing. Who's Everyone's doing, trying to get out of this. Who's doing home. it? The twins? The aliens? The earthquake? Who's doing this? Oh, I don't know. And if you had a laser gun and you're pointing it, why don't you just shoot it? It's been five minutes yeah. with that guy holding it, pointing that gun. Seriously. So who's causing this? The aliens? Something outside? Maybe this is Orson Welles. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Chinese men. Originally it was Chinamen and they. They said Chinese men. Yeah, Kafaru, we should not mention they're Chinese in this movie. And Pamarita. Yeah. Let alone. Is Pamarita Chinese? I don't think so. We don't know. I don't know. I'm just as bad as everyone else. Oh my god. So Adam, even though they're going into the light, do not walk into the light. I would. I would right now. If there was a light, I'd jump into it. The aliens are here, and this is obvious a ripoff of the final scene from Close Encounters. That's probably their point of perspective when they made this movie. It's supposed to be like a joke, plus they're going to get the kids. Plus they don't have an original idea at the end. Yep, there's the aliens, right. and they look like the ones from... No, they look like guys in costumes. <laughs> they finally made it home. I gotta give Jerry some credit. He looks funny. He's just making these silly faces. <laughs> you know what he looks like? Um, Giddity, uh Oh, Quagmire? Quagmire. He's <laughs> got the chin and the nose. Yeah, yeah. And he's been Maybe. sexually harassing everybody in the movie. You know, I, one time I flew down to see Ed, and uh, the pilot says, Hello, this is uh, Captain Glenn Quagmire of Southwest Airlines. And when the plane landed, I was out there waiting for the, the baby stroll or whatever, the, the, the seat. And this pilot walks out, and I look at him, and I go, Glenn Quagmire? And he goes, uh, That was a co pilot. He said, It wasn't me. But thanks for listening. Like those guys that give the announcements, they were saying, pretending to be a pilot, you know, from Glenn Quagmire and Family Guy had is a, pi- a pilot. So the pilot on this plane said his name was Glenn Quagmire. But what I wanted to tell the guy is like, not only is Glenn Quagmire a terrible pilot, he gave all his coworkers syphilis. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, sorry to distract from the movie. The, the twins are on this spaceship, and this spaceship is like twice the size of the house, which is a first because all the other spaceships were tiny. 
and there's well, they're Chinese. Uh, well, the, the Marty Feldman is waving goodbye, even though he's in the house. In fact, everybody's in the house. Why are they waving goodbye? He's leaving. That's why his job is done, which we don't really know what his job was to begin with. And now he's off to do. I don't know what he's going to do now either, because I don't know who the fuck he is. And there well, goes the special perfect. effects. I guess this movie is over. Why well, everyone's leaving? <laughs> Even the actors are leaving for the credits, there, Nick. Yeah, they're leaving <laughs> for the credits. They want to beat the traffic. Oh, phew! Marty Feldman, hi ho! Hi ho! The cre- the credits say. One more special effect, in case you guys this forgot. This is like the '80s version, of, a racist version of the Minions, or the Chinese people. Oh. All right, and then you got the 80s music. And the 80s fonts. Murray Schwartz is his associate producer on this. He does good work. The cre- I have to say, the, oh the, the, the credit scroll is super slow. Yeah, they got to kill time. <laughs> oh, they got some song oh. going. Is this Putting Our Heads Together? Music and lyrics by Randy Bishop, performed by Randy Bishop and Bonnie Paul. Uh, I don't like putting music songs on, on my show, so I'm going to have to sing my own lyrics. We got to put our heads together. What do you think? You want to try it, this song? Put our heads together. We committed to this film before reading the script. <laughs> and we wrote a love song before we realized they were brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they just said taboo, so I think they knew what's going on. Do you think this movie is a metaphor about incest? That's even worse. This is a pro-incest movie. Oh. Con outcest. Oh, yeah, Metal Con is. Yeah. Oh, come on. Well, you know, in this movie, you do have your pros and cons, right? You have uh, Jerry Lewis, who's been a professional for a long time, and Madeline Con. So you have your pros and cons in this movie. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> I'm just ignoring you. My favorite scene is when uh, Jerry Lewis was looking for Madeline Kahn, and he goes, Madeline Kahn! Let me know when you start the podcast. Do you think uh, you would acknowledge it if I continue the con, if I made it drag that out any longer? I might not. Well, if you guys listen to this entire show, I want to thank you so much. The credits are rolling here. We're here with our guest, Adam Spiegelman, host of Proudly Presents, a six-year... Oh, no, 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 no. Nope. No, after this, don't plug it. But check them out at Proudly... No, no, Re- I'm the host of Proudly Resents. Did I say Proudly Presents? Yes. Oh, which is my head what is... I should have called the show, and everyone accidentally calls it that. No, but, no. Uh, Proudly Resents, and it's... I'm iTunes and Stitcher and all those other things. And, uh, sorry, go back. I just wanted to. Oh, no, no, and not at all. Uh, I just wanted to promote your show because if you're listening, if you guys are listening to the end, then we know, uh, you're fans and you should check out Adam. Adam, what's your final, uh, review of this movie we just watched? Oh, my God. I want to kill myself. <laughs> Put that on the poster. Uh, this movie is terrible. It's not terrible in a good way. That person who wrote the review on YouTube is an idiot. Two thumbs up, Hemlock mad. Society. Just mad. I'm mad at this movie. 
I'm mad at Jerry Lewis. Mad at S. Paul Company. Mom and Dad for conceiving you. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a little harsh. No, no, no not after seeing this film. You'd probably agree with me. Oh, um, this is a terrible movie. Why did I go back to the YouTube page for some reason? Here we are. Distributed by Modern Entertainment. Modern Entertainment, yeah, Asterix. Except for this film. Is it, right. They just changed the name to Modern. Yeah, right. Um, according to lawyers, we have to now change our name. <laughs> well, since we have you on the phone and we have YouTube open, why don't we? Uh, I'm going to see if I can get the sound working on this. And uh, oh, I want to see if we can look for reviews. I'm just typing in reviews. Okay, yeah. There's a movie called Yar, uh, something of the future, and that I'm going to do soon. And it's like this terrible Conan barbarian meets something else. Yar's Revenge. And, no, Yar. Barbarian of the Future or, Yeah or, I know Sandals and laser beams Yeah 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 So the guy from Joel whatever From uh, Channel 7 Reviewed it And he just was like This is terrible like, No shit <laughs> um, But I'm looking forward To that Oh wait Was that a, a recent movie Ed? Wasn't there a recent no. Laser movie No Well a recent Like 20 years ago There was a film Called like Dog Boy Or something Where it was, Not it, was even it played it straight I'm gonna type in Jerry Lewis Keep talking Yeah no, let's see. I'm gonna do. So anyway, this movie was bad. It's not worth watching. I don't know what was going on. Uh, if it was on in a plane, which is something I like to always put yeah. movies on a uh, scale of one to ten. If you were watching this, if you were on a plane and you were watching this movie, would you continue watching it? Would you watch it without sound, or would you walk out? I would probably walk out. I would ask for my money back, and then I walk out of the plane. Yeah, me too. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a zero percent. Really? I didn't think they would be on Rotten Tomatoes, but it got a zero. And one review, shamefully bad, <laughs> said Stefan Bergerl-Stefanus, whose website is SBS, his initials, so I don't know if I buy that. Uh, here's some audience reviews. Not a good movie, said understatement of the year. Um, <laughs> not a good movie, comma, but a bit better than most. Give it credit for the most. Give it credit for. If you like '80s camp, Jerry Lewis and Vonnegut, then you're mightily entertaining. So if you then like we, Jerry Lewis, Kurt Vonnegut, shit from the night '80s, then we have a movie for you. Yeah, and summer camp. <laughs> uh, here's what Matthew James wrote. I never thought, I never hoped, I never dreamed that during my long career as a theater goer, that's a weird career, my long career as a theater goer, that I would see a movie this atrocious, disgusting, unfunny, insulting, dull, and the list goes on and on and on. And this guy is a professional theater goer. If he was a professional theater goer, he would have just said, and the list goes on and on. He would actually list it. Right, because he's a professional. Right. It's a very amateur move. Uh, wow, this guy uh, underestimated. This is again not as his review, worse than that. All right, this is good. One star at least. Matthew, the professional, gave it zero stars. <laughs> this guy, uh, Stephen Joseph. This is all from uh, Rotten Tomatoes. By the way, these two people are all two first names. You don't trust them. There must uh, be stand-up comedians. Wow. Dot dot dot. I dot dot. Um. Uh, um, I just um, I uh, I have to say I've seen a lot of shitty films in my life right. uh, and this could be well the absolute worst there isn't a funny moment in the entire film oh let me 
expand this because it's cut so, off. So wait a minute, Adam. Do, do you agree? Is this the worst movie you ever seen? I, I calling it a movie is is a lot. I mean, it is shot on film. And it does have it movie stars in there's it. There's a a mic, which I guess there's a gap that says you can see it. A mic at one point, which to me is the least problem of this film. Right. <laughs> the least. The film's the least worst. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, I'm not slept. So I have to say, I've seen a lot of shitty films in my life, and I would say this is the absolute worst. The worst is not a funny movie to be had. Uh, this adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's novel Slapstick, this is really all told a pile of garbage. <laughs> Huge, stinking, rotten pile of garbage. Watching made me wish the world would end. See, I agree with him on that. Yeah, you, you with- did stress that a couple times. I have the TV Guide review up here. Good, I can't wait. Okay, out of five stars... They give it a one rating. There are some questions in life that may never be answered. Will there be a cure for AIDS? Are flying saucers real? And why is it that the French think Jerry Lewis is the funniest human being ever lived? Surely there's no indication of it during this war. Let me click more. I think we get the point. Jerry Lewis is a genius. That's why the French fucking love him. Uh, Surely there's no indication of it during this dull adaptation of Kurt Vonnegut's least read book. The Swains, Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn, are wealthy and well-known and have a pair of twins who are ugly as sin. The twins, also played by Lewis and Kahn, are so hideous to look at that the parents keep them under wraps. The parents don't realize that these children are really aliens who have been sent to Earth to help us out with our woes. Marty Feldman plays the twins' personal servant and is one of the few bright spots in an otherwise dismal movie. Director Sam Fuller does a cameo and shows that he can act well enough to give his range to give up his rangefinder. Orson Welles' mellifluous voice is heard as the alien father. Oh, so Orson Welles is in this. His his voice. Uh, you know what? There was a typo in there, and I just decided to read the typo. So it's not like I mispronounced the word wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that excuse. I'm going to use it. <laughs> um, this is IMDb. This movie is so tragically bad that he feels sorry for those involved. Adapted from Kurt Vonnegut with some big names. And the cast of stories destroyed by a lame script, no slapstick, or comedy of any kind, and the stars give nothing to work with. Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn play aliens. Da, 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 da. Uh, this other person wrote, um, "I've come to love movies like this, though. It's masterful wreck, but it has a center. The parents of uh, loneliness between the two monster. No, this is terrible. You can't give this movie any credit. You can't whatsoever. give any credit. This movie is terrible. I'm a guy who loves bad. Yeah. Yeah. I dedicate my time to watch bad movies, and I will not say this is one of the good bad movies. I will not. If someone's comparing it to Omega Code, how dare you? You know, uh, a good bad movie, of course, is uh, uh, a Shadow Stevens movie, Tracks, with two X's. I love that movie. That's a great movie. So that's fun. But this movie is is not of that. So uh, I'm going to give the final word. I have one more movie review to read about this. This is from All Movie. Uh, oh, not even some movie, but all of it. No, it's just a synopsis. There's not even. Oh, wait, here. I'll click the review tab. All right. It's got to be a review tab. Why would you have it? And they, their poster that they show, it looks like the Close Encounters of the Third Kind font with Slapstick of Another Kind, and there's two heads touching with a little glimmer on it. Slapstick of Another Kind is a dreadful mess of a movie, and unfortunately, not the kind where whose badness inspires at least a, a modicum of entertainment. 
Kurt Vonnegut's books are very difficult to translate to the screen, but the novelist deserves none of the blame for the film. It's a travesty, as it is a travesty of his work, taking only the bare-bones premise of a few sequences from the first part of the book. Uh, you know what? It's not like I'm going to read the book again. I guess we get the point. The movie's a piece of shit. After that movie, I wouldn't even read books again. <laughs> right. That was so bad. Uh, so, yeah, poor El. Uh, yeah, I guess Vonnegut never really had a successful film. You know, I guess uh, it was Slaughterhouse-Five was modestly successful, I guess. It wasn't a fucking train wreck. Yeah, no, I don't think... It, yeah, that, was a, that wasn't bad. I like yeah. that one. All right, well, Paradise cool. 451 is the one I'm thinking of. That was a good one. Paradise 451? Yeah. Was that a Vonnegut book? I hope so, otherwise it sound really stupid. There's Fahrenheit 451, the Ray Bradbury book. There's Slaughterhouse yeah, 5. I'm stupid. All right. All right. I'm well, well, let's pretend this show ended. Good movie. Oh. And Fahrenheit 451 is also good. But they're both, in fairness to me, both have numbers. Yes. And they're both shot on film, both yeah. in color, both have people in it. Um, trying to back myself up. <laughs> Can I just do something real quick, Mike? Of course. I just want to record. Let me do a quick snap. I'm going to record a, an opening for my podcast in case I want to recut this and put it in my podcast. Okay. All right. Welcome to Proudly Resents. I'm Adam Spiegelman, and I'm here with my brother, Mike Spiegelman. Hi, Adam. How are you? Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. And we are actually taking bits and pieces from your show. Uh, we reviewed, we watched, Jesus Christ, uh, Slapstick of Another Kind with Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn. God damn it. Spoiler alert. Awful film. Yeah, it's impossible. During your podcast, which is called? Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. And if you want to go to that, you can go to proudlyresents.com slash let's, L-E-T-S. Or look it, up on, look it up on iTunes at uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You made it harder. <laughs> yeah, go to Adam's site. I just try to make it as easy as possible. And your site is really great because, um, as we discussed earlier on your show, you, you put up all the, you watch movies, obviously, on YouTube with the people and that's your podcast, but you put the movies up on your page, and there's some great, great bad movies up there. What yeah. are some of the movies you've done? Uh, I have Masters of the Universe. I have The Sender, which the actual podcast never came out, but the movie is a terrifically bad movie from the director of uh, Battlefield Earth, one of his earlier films. Uh, I have a film called Queen Kong, which uh, was sued because it came out the same year as King Kong's remake. Uh, and if you like Leonardo DiCaprio, there's a film him and Tobey Maguire try to suppress, and it's on YouTube right now. It's called Don's Plum from 96. You get to see some heroin smoked on tinfoil. Uh, and my favorite movie is Rat Finka Boo Boo from 1966. And we also have a 3D movie in there. So uh, all the bad films, all those notorious films you heard about, read about in your film books, that's, that's the films we like to watch. We want to actually watch them. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's some great films, so you can watch it with Mike or just watch it on his page. Yeah. Either way, Mike, you get credit, you know. Yeah, even but either. The, yeah. You don't. You can watch it with the podcast or you can watch it without. But, it, yeah, so it's an awesome site. So I try to make it as easy as possible. com slash let's. But it still doesn't seem that easy. But anyway, it's easier than uh, my website. remembering the whole title because I couldn't find it. It took me a while. But anyway... 
I think it's awesome. It's fun to listen to. And uh, I'll give you back your own podcast. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. Are you going to play highlights from, from the show we did? I think so. I mean, if I, I think in the future, if I want to, I just need... The problem with doing my podcast, like doing the opening always makes it... It's the hardest thing for me to do because it never sounds natural. It's it, To me, it seems like I'm leaving a, a voicemail message. You know, and it just always seems awkward. And I record it like 80 times, and sometimes the episode doesn't go out because of it. And the audio is always different than the the show, and it's weird. So I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. So anyway, that's why I was trying to remember to do it on the call with you. Now, then, it's supposed later. Oh, and at reach me at proudly resents, reach Adam and Mac dot com. And how do people reach you, Michael? At Spiegelmania, uh, or check out our website. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube dot blogspot dot com. Right. Nice and simple. Yeah, nice and simple. Uh, All right, so I'm going to try to play the theme song from our friend Carl Halp, and I just want to thank you so much for making this a great show and sitting through the worst movie we've seen by far uh, in life. Well, guess what? I'll never talk to you again. It's going to make so. an awkward family uh, vi- reunion, but yeah. All right, let's see You're if this is playing. Just, yeah, you don't realize that during the movie I was typing emails. Oh, I'm um, getting them out of the family. I don't hear But uh, also, I'm proudly resent you. You've been on a lot, and actually, your episodes are really popular. Um, some of the movies we did, Santa Claus the movie. We need to do another Christmas movie. We need Santa to do another Claus Christmas movie. movie. Uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Yeah, which I love. Uh, I'm going to set up. Uh, I got to set up the best of Mike Spiegelman. Oh, I love that. I'm so sure. You know, one uh, one site. But what, what other films did we do? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Obviously, I don't if I have to start off with the yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, well, that's right. Anyway, I'll yeah. do, uh, go to proudlyresents.com slash Mike Spiegelman. Or I, had Mike, a lot of, I had a lot of fun mark. talking about Christmas with the Cranks. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. We'll do another Christmas movie. Yeah. We're going to do um, Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills 3. Cop 3. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks uh, so much. I'm going to close the show. I can't get the theme song playing. So uh, thank you guys so much if you're listening. Later. Tell your friends. Let's get more listeners. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Give me a second, and we'll get Mutiny Radio back up. And then make sure to listen to radio, uh, mutinyradio.fm, all the time. Thanks, Ad. Bye. Bye. Screw Mutiny. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let.
let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. underground space for an event? Look no further 
rather than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, Chef Franciski. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy, delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? Then get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well sage shine makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. 
So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl! Are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Shakedown here on Mutiny Radio. Feel free to give me a call at any time tonight. The number to the station is 550-0511. Once again, this is Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party on Mutiny Radio. Feel free to give me a call at 415-550-0511. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let 
you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> <laughs>